Welcome to the Council's Connection. I am your host, Fabian Vixen. On today's episode, we're going to talk about not believing you're ready for a lot of things, but being ready as a young counselor. We're also going to might have a special guest on my podcast. Um, this is where Rams and Wildcats can live in the same arena. Of course, housekeeping items. And my final thought on being professionally developed. As you know, this is the part of the show where we say, let's go. So you're a new counselor, brand new in the game, or you've been in the game for a couple years. You're trying to figure out what's your place in education, what's your why right now, or what can I do to become better, or what can I do to be more effective? I can speak from my experience as a as a fourth year counselor. I have been throwing a lot of stuff at at me. I had a lot of stuff thrown at me my my first couple of years, and I can honestly say, if I didn't have a lot of stuff thrown at me my first couple of years, I'd probably be less engaged. Even to a point where I spent all this money on my master's degree, it's just going to be a piece of paper on my wall and I'm not going to be able to use it. And that's where sometimes for me, my my first year, I believe made me a strong a stronger counselor than what I was when I was doing my um, program. I would honestly say my first year and my third year probably made me a stronger counselor and have a, a stronger voice in my field. I'm going to tell you why. My first year, I was coming in, I had a veteran counselor and she's been doing it. She was doing it for 20 years or whatever. And I was the new guy and Never proclaim to know everything. I still don't know everything. There's still things I'm learning or still things I want to aspire to do. But I could honestly say for my my first year during pre-planning, 2016, the one thing that was thrown at me, I could say during, like I said, during pre-planning was I'm going to be the PBIS coach. I talked about on a um, podcast a couple of episodes ago about the hat you wear that was a hat I've never seen before I never tried it on I'm gonna preface what I'm about to talk about with with that by saying I had an interview with another county during the summer 
and their main question was my experience with PBIS. And I didn't know anything about it. I wasn't exposed to it as far as being on the team or being part of the, the core team. Any, anything with data or behavior special, any, any of that. I didn't know none of the roles on it. Didn't know anything. And that just sat me down on that initial interview and just put me out of the running. But when I came to my school, where I'm at now, um, the principal at the time, Dr. Ridley, said, hey, you're going to be the PBS coach. You're going to take it over for Dr. Turner. I was like, okay. Um, I was I was like, had deer, deer face with headlights coming at him. Or a look of a deer with headlights coming at him. And I'm sitting in those coaches' meetings every every month, looking crazy, trying to figure out what what to do with these meetings because I don't know nothing about PBIS. And as that year went on, I started I started learning how to do things in a way that made sense for me and made sense for the team. Now, don't get me wrong, it got to, I'm not, it's, I'm not going to say got to a point, but I'm going to say as my, as I continue to gain knowledge in my role, it got, it, it was, it was getting to a point where I was, I was figuring each role out of the team and how to do this and do that. And it took me to a point where I was picking up each role on the team. And once I learned each role on the team, unfortunately, I started doing every role on the team just about. I wouldn't, it wasn't the fact that I wouldn't trust anybody. It was the fact that some people were busy and it just some things were, were lost in the shuffle. And it got to a point where I was burning myself out somewhat as the coach. Even when I opened up the, the team last school year, it just, I had a couple new members on there, one or two, but it just seemed like still stagnant in a sense. It wasn't, it wasn't free flowing as a as a coach, but the one thing I had to learn this past year was you can't do everything, you can't burn yourself out. You need to take time for yourself need to let other folks do it and give them give them space to operate and let them shine now I'm not saying I want it all the time no it was it's letting, letting the others do the do their job the patriot way you know do your job everything else will fit in and the one thing I had to learn was I can't do everybody's job because if I'm doing everybody's job there my main job as a counselor is going to go lacking now, yeah, little things like being able to um, to um, collaborate with small groups and do a little bit more core curriculum. But PBIS, if you if your school is a PBIS school and you you happen to serve as a coach on the team, you know that's a job by itself, and you can't do that job by yourself because you'll go crazy. And it took I hate to say it, it took me three years. To figure out that I actually could do the job without having to do the job. 
So that's one form of was I ready to be PBI's coach to go along with being a, a new counselor? No. I know I wasn't ready. I know it was nowhere near ready. But but I do know that that experience becoming a PBI's coach made me helped me become a, a better leader in the building because I finally learned something that I never really fully learned in retail management. It is okay to delegate, but you have to follow up. I'm gonna say that again. It is okay to delegate, but you have to follow up. Because at the end of the day, being the PBS coach, and the book stops there. Yeah, you have an administrative team. They're supposed to be there for support. You have a team leader. That's not the coach. That's that's the one. That's the biggest thing I learned from from being a PBS coach. The team leader and the PBS coach are two separate entities. And for me to actually finally realize that late last year, it has helped me out a lot this year where I, I'm not even worried about doing anything PBIs related because either I'm the coach, I re-deliver what we learn in meetings, I've scheduled the meetings and that type of stuff. You know, the leader does, I still, you know, help with that. But it's got to a point where I I schedule the meetings now. I set I help set the agenda. I let the let the team leader lead the meeting. And I just sit back and you know, I, I help with, I, I'm still over data, but I don't touch anything else. I let the other people of the team speak on their pieces and we go from there because it makes it feel like everybody's involved. Everybody has a role. It makes you more engaged. It makes it more fun. And that part of that part of leadership where you delegate it and actually seeing people blossom in the roles in that on that team makes it a whole lot easier to manage that team. It makes everybody more engaged and understand their role and, and possibly at some point in time you can actually pass your role off to somebody else where you could fully focus on being a counselor. Now you're thinking like, Fabian, you spent nine minutes and 21 seconds talking about PBIS and are you ready? What does that have to do if I'm ready? It has everything to do with it because I wasn't ready to be a coach. I didn't think I was ready to be a counselor, but I'm not ready now to be a, a coach and a counselor. And number one on your list of are you know you ready is to is to embrace the challenge. And that's what I did for the last three three years and two months so far. I've embraced the challenge of accepting a role I had no knowledge on. And making it better as far as implementing different tools or as a digital digital notebook um, help um, create a low-level referral form subcommittees for your teams uh, timing the agenda as far as make sure we stay on pace that's the one thing we implement this year you have this amount of time to talk about it we can't ramble on and have complaints and just take half folks take over meetings, that type of thing. So those that that number one is embracing the challenges part of being ready. Now I'm gonna come back with part two and three on how you know you're ready in just a moment.
now part two of knowing when you're ready um i think to me this is a unique circumstance i was put in i don't know if it's from above or the track that i'm possibly might be on as a, as a um, fourth year counselor or the track i'm maybe on as a counselor but embracing the challenge was first um my challenge was pbis the second challenge is, is just be ready in your knowledge. That don't mean know everything because you're not going to know everything. That's just that's just part of anything you do. But in the field of counseling, you have to be be knowledgeable on, on a myriad of items. You have to be knowledgeable on mental health knowledgeable on academic success, career readiness, um, various resources in those areas, even knowledgeable on some of the strategies and standards that teachers are teaching on because our goal as a counselor is to actually, you know, the three domains, academic, social, emotional learning, career. And even though we don't have a classroom per se, as teachers do or are not overseers like like our administration are sometimes it will help as far as crosswalking some things into our um our curriculum or comprehensive program and sometimes knowing having knowledge as far as especially being a PBAS coach you have some knowledge of redirection tools or some classroom management and rituals and routine play a big, big role in, in classroom management and showing to teachers you know, different different tools they can use in the classroom as far as management or attention getters or how to organize your day if you set those routines in place you should have a successful year as a teacher as a counselor those same things apply having a, a general knowledge of classroom management, how your lesson's going to go, have it set up, because of course we have our own lesson plans. And being knowledgeable on how to create a lesson plan, being knowledgeable on what you're talking about, how to crosswalk or scaffold some different things into your lesson, like for instance, what I do a lot with my, my core curriculum I do a lot of, of course, everyone I do, I do pre-post test. I have open discussion, think, pair, share. Um, different reading strategies as far as I have a, my PowerPoint is having words on, a lot of words, a lot of sentences, but I don't read it. I let the students read it so that way I keep them engaged. And also for participating, of course, you know, you receive some PBIS points for participating in the lesson and you get more PBS points if you have the highest score on the pre-test and the post-test and those little points do add up as far, far as kids trying to go to the end of the month celebration or if they if their teams do a, a team celebration within the month just having a being ready and having a knowledge of what you are doing can go a long way 
far as being able to embrace the challenge, being knowledgeable, those are two of the things to make sure that you you know you're ready. And the last one is just be open. Just be open to to different things. Just don't be closed-minded on on different things you're assigned or different things that you might have to do or or asked to do. Being open can give you that leeway and that room for creativity to make it your own thing. Hate to go keep going back to PBIS, but a lot of different things I've I've done the last couple of years as far as with the data, as far as helping teachers with, with specific um, issues or training the whole staff. It's about being open to the staff that you have, being open to what you are doing and being open to to improve it. And that's one thing I've, I've learned over the last few years is just be open. That's how you know you'll be ready. If you're open to different things, a lot of different things open up for you as far as helping embrace your comprehensive program and implementing more tools and getting more buy-in from teachers. Now, we'll be right back for our next segment. Might have a guest, might not. Welcome back to the Council Connection. I am your host, Fabian Vixen. We have a uh, very special guest on here with me. I have Mr. Earl Armstrong. Middle school counselor from Rutland Middle School. Earl, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, Vic? How you doing? All right. Uh, just ask you a couple questions. Uh, tell us about your background in education, your degrees, and where you're from, that type of stuff. Okay. Well, I'm from Columbus, Georgia. Born and raised. I uh, went to Albany State University for my undergraduate and grad degrees. I received a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in education and school counseling. Albany State. Yes, sir. Albany State. Lord have mercy. This gonna be. This, this ain't gonna be no fun, man. This ain't gonna be no fun. <laughs> it's gonna be a real intelligent conversation. Yeah, it, it is from both ends. From both ends, it's gonna be intelligent. Uh, I'm gonna talk about a little bit. I want to do with you later on at the end of this uh, interview. But uh, tell us your why you went to school counseling. Um, well, pretty much. Uh... For the majority of my life, I kind of been that person that people come tell their problems to. It wasn't even intentional when I was growing up. I just had friends and people in my class come and talk to me, and I kind of just picked up it from there. I enjoyed how just uh, listening to my classmates and pretty much seeing how things go for them once we get a good reaction, once they they know that someone's actually listening. So you, you, so you basically was a counselor when you were growing up. So you knew early on that you were going to be a counselor. Did you really think that you were actually going to do it when you was while you was at Albany State, or you had a change of heart while you were there, or you pretty much knew it? Uh, I had, actually had a change of heart. I went originally uh, to be a band director. That was my goal at first. I was majoring in music education, and then after I took a psychology course, just to. Uh, the basic psych, general psych class, I kind of enjoyed what I was doing and, and just went after it after that. 
now that's crazy because I, you know, I went to Fort Valley. I wanted to be a band director, but they didn't have a music ed program. And I took political science just, you know, because as a backup. And then I just felt like I, I got to do something different. I got to affect these kids in a different way. I think we, we went, we in the same path, but we took like, you took um 80 to get that. I took like 16. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So it just that's just crazy. Like we both music, so it means if you like using the band, what instrument you play? Um, I played the trombone, and like you said, I kind of felt the exact same way. Uh, I said, you know, I still have a love for music, but I just wanted to do more with. It. I felt like you wouldn't have been able to reach enough people just doing music. So you, you still play? Um, every now and then, actually, today I um, was helping with uh, a community band and making as well. So I try to still participate in it, but I don't get as much time as you know <laughs> as i would like with us having to do counseling every day yeah that's like a, a double full-time job with us man mm-hmm. so um i got a two-part question on this next one. First part is what do you feel the role of the counselor is now within the last five years especially with the change in asker and part two is what is it like being a uh, like a minority as a african-american male counselor um, well, to answer that first question, I really feel like the uh, counseling profession and the mental health profession as a whole is becoming a lot more prevalent in today's society. A lot more people are respecting the profession. Um, it's actually grown a whole lot, and I see it continuing to grow in the future. And um, the second question is, I I love being a minority counselor, especially a young black male, because it's, it's not many of us at all. Um, I feel like we can make a real big change and uh, an effect on a lot of people's lives that a lot of young of uh, the black community don't get to see. So it's it's really a blessing to me. I enjoy what I'm doing, and I know you enjoy it as well. So yeah, because it's 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 weird being a minority because you know education is already a dominated field by by women, especially African American women, because that's the highest highest education. Uh, demographic and education as far as African-American women um, have the highest degrees, highest pay in education. And it's, it's nothing wrong with, with us being in the field, but at the same time, it's pretty cool showing that we can have an, have an effect just like our counterparts can from a different aspect of, of being African-American male in a society where you got the, uh, uh, what's, the what's that movement? Uh, I can't think of that movement. Black Lives Matter movement and you got African American males. You got the prison pipeline where you know third. If you're not reading on grade level, third grade, you're already on track to pretty much go to go to jail. So, I think from our aspect, we can help be those change agents to those right. to those students. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, two more questions. Uh, first one: Tell us about your first two months of being a counselor at Rutland. Um, it's actually been very good. Um, it's a lot different than uh, what you learn in the classroom. It's, it's like you have a lot more duties and jobs as opposed to what you're prepared for in college. But um, I really enjoy what we're doing. I feel like we're very much needed. And just the, uh, the little things that, you know, in, in college that we do, our, our classes, like multicultural, everything, all of those classes and things like that come in handy when you actually get into school because you're dealing with so many different demographics and you have all these kids that you want to help and you have to find that way of actually getting to them because everyone's so different. Yeah, true that. 
Now, last question before we let you go. I believe on the November 3rd, I think. November 3rd, that first Saturday in November. Uh, I think uh, it may be the second Saturday, one of them, though. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, though. Mm-hmm. So, if either one of our school win, I bet, I would put a bet that either one of us, whoever the loser is, has to wear that that person's alma mater shirt on that okay. Monday, on that on that Monday or Tuesday after the game. Well, I, I go with that bet. I, I accept that bet. So, because I'm pretty sure that we already know that Auburn State Rams gonna take that game. So, if you want to go ahead and get a shirt made, you know, go ahead and get one made for you. And know how it is. <laughs> now, I can't say one thing about Fort Valley. Every time we suck in the school year, in the football team, every year, excluding excluding last year, every year we every year we suck like like this year. I think we suck this year. Somehow in the class we always muster up that strength to go ahead and, and, and do what we got to do. But that's a fair bet. That's a that's a free bet. All we got to do is pay twenty dollars for a t shirt and make that happen. So I make sure I, I make sure I get your alumni t shirt for my daughter that goes down there. I make sure I get you one. You are extra large. All right, man. I appreciate you taking the time on a Saturday to come talk to me, man. I appreciate you. Uh, no problem, man. Right, man. Uh, you're doing a great job. Uh, I appreciate it, man. All right, man. All right. And we'll be right back with housekeeping and my final thought after this. Welcome back to the Council Connection. I am your host, Fabian Vicks. It's part of the show where we have some housekeeping items to clean up before we go into my final thought. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter, Fade the PSC. That's F-A-B as in boy E, the P-S-C. You can also follow Appling Middle School's Council page at Appling PSC. You can also, you know, subscribe to our podcast on a myriad of different platforms. Of course, you have Spotify, you have Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Of course, I'm an Apple head. I'm going to use Apple. I love it. I download the update for the 13, iOS 13, and it's pretty cool so far as far as the option to be in dark mode for your whole phone. Plus, it looks like it saves power, too. You can also follow my website, favethecounselor.weebly.com. Need to do a little updating on it. I have updated in a little while, but I need to give it a little, take some time to re- refresh my webpage. Um, include some things from this year and last year. Still have a little few old things. To, the newest thing I had on there was my, my blog for my trip to Boston. Also, we have a feature on our webpage for, the, for, our, for our podcast. That's anchor.fm forward slash Fabian dash Vicks. Um, you can send a voice message to us. That's our. That's gonna be our parent portal segment, where it can be a parent, stakeholder, student, admin, anybody that wants to know about counseling or anything about education. I can do my best to try to answer those questions. Just go to my website, anchor.fm forward slash Fabian. That's F A B as in boy I O N dash Vix. You know, like the car medicine. So I don't have the money. <coughs> Excuse me. 
uh, send a voice message. Uh, it's going to ask you to create an anchor account. So that way I can have access to it. And not the account, but the question so I can respond to it on my podcast. Also, some future guests that I'm going to have on the show. I'm going to have uh, Miss Patterson, Miss Jessie Patterson, my intern. She's she's going to be on my podcast. I'm going to go ahead and see if I can record with her next week. Um, discuss about being an intern and what's it like and what's the difference between her being in the classroom versus learning how to, you know, have access to all students and what's, what's that like as far as being an intern and the class she's taking and one of the, you know, things the intern might might want to talk about. Also going to have, possibly have Cursula Lewis on my podcast. I keep saying it every week. She look, keep looking at me crazy like, Vix, no, nah, Vix. But she gonna she gonna be on there. Um, we gonna have some other special things planned this year. So, but right now we're gonna be right back with our final thought. Fabe's final thought. So. I want to become a better counselor. Where I need to go. What I need to buy. Where I need to go learn. Who needs to teach me? Who do I learn from? Why do I want to become a better counselor? As earlier, I talked about being ready, but I was young. But am I really ready? I stated that my first year as a counselor pretty much prepared me how to become more professional development and more confident in my role. There's going to be times that you you feel like you're confident, but you're not going with your gut on a lot of stuff. But my first year prepared me for a lot of things that I've done so far. I'm going to go back to my first year where, of course, I was putting a lot of a lot of instances or circumstances where I had to learn on the fly and become more acclimated in my role and different duties they need me to do in the building. And I go back to my first year as a counselor on my during pre-planning. The first, the second day, I believe I was a counselor. Second day, second I can't remember which. I think it's the second day. Um, or you know, just counselors made like you had your high school counselors, then you had your middle school, then you had your elementary schools. So I, you know, I'm in middle school. And I knew some of the middle school counselor already because, you know, I interned with um, a couple of at Miller. I knew that turn when she was at Jones Elementary before she moved on to middle school and so forth and so on. And Dr. Stewart asked me to um, talk about, you know, school and the benefits of, of it for a school counselor. So I'm like, okay, cool. Then the next couple of days, she emailed me and said, hey, can you do a presentation on a time analysis for counselors what different tools they can use. So I end up presenting to my whole district in August on different types of tools to analyze our time. Like I did Scooter, I did the counselor app, or is it counselor up? I cannot remember. I also did Google Forms as well. Then, taking another step further, she emailed me and said, hey, can you present to our zone counselors? 
about the same thing. I'm like, okay, not a problem. So this is zone four. So you're looking at about maybe about 20 counties that were involved. So I presented on different ways to analyze our time as far as, you know, of course, Scooter, Google Forms. And at that time, the district, our district wasn't using Scooter. It was just my school I advocated for me and Dr. Turner have it. And they were on board for letting us um, pick it up for the school year. So I picked it up for the year. And I used I used the example as far as my time being used for the building how I could benefit and advocate for our roles. So what does that do being professional development? You're just talking about pre just presenting. That's that's part of being a professional is to reteach and, and present to your, your peers and your colleagues. Now, if I go back and I go a little bit further in my career, I'll say my third year, we talked about presenting and being ready. I, I assisted in helping create the Council of the Year Award for my district. It's something that the other counties have done, and I just wanted something to highlight our counselors in our county for all the work that, that we do and something for them to get recognition with their colleagues. Now, still some things we could work out on and make it a lot better, but I just want to introduce it this year so that way the council has something to look forward to at the end of the year or when we hit that second semester, we know that, okay, it's time to figure out who's going to be the council of the year for the things that they've done so far. And I think for this year, this past year, I think we have five worthy finalists and, and, a, and a winner. And I think it's great that our people, our, our our profession in our district is getting recognized for those things. You have a media specialist of the year. Of course, you have the teacher of the year. And I think it's great that we show that the things that we do. And you're still saying, when you'll get to how you get professional developed? When you going to talk about that? I'm talking about it now. I mean, being active in your district and creating new ideas for your district to become better as a whole collaborative of counselors is part of professional development. Being able to accentuate the, the the positive things that is going on in not just in your building but in your district is a form of professional development. Now, going back to presenting, I, I presented at GSCA last year on data technology in your 21st century and council program. I also had the honor of presenting the same presentation to our Georgia Department of Education's in it to win it. Um, conference for new counselors. My session, um, I talked about data and technology, and I'm going in thinking that this this for new counselors, zero to three years. Okay, so cool. My session, I, I like maybe six, seven people in it, and that session had a median experience level of six years. So I'm thinking, I did, I don't, I don't think I'll be able to teach y'all anything. Y'all been doing this longer than me. So I went on with the lesson and a lot of the stuff that I'm showing them, they didn't know about. Maybe it's a couple, one or two people knew about Scooter and they haven't used it in a while, but a lot of the changes that I showed them were like, wow, I didn't know this. Uh, going to Infinite Campus, creating an ad hoc to find students in specific grade levels for that year and specific age and 
I didn't know Sway was available on Office 365. I didn't know that. I didn't know this about, about Anchor or you could do this with Anchor. I didn't know you could create your web own web page and link it to your school page. I didn't know that. And I'm I'm thinking like this is still a need right here where council still we still need professional development to become better. And everybody in the sessions was saying how are you doing all this stuff in your fourth year? And I said, I I don't know. I'm just doing it. And some people say are asking, when do you have time to do it? How are you doing all this stuff? I'll just say, I just know when to do it and how to do it and just do it. Which leads me back to the four degrees of separation to my first year as a counselor. Being able to embrace the challenge. Because if you embrace the challenge that you receive, you'll be ready to do anything. Now, I'm not saying I have it all figured out in my fourth year. No, there's still things I still need to become better at and more proficient. In my building, it's a high responsive services building, pretty much, where you're going to spend out of your 80%. It'd be, it'd be nice and cute if you could spend 25 to 35% on responsive services, but that's not going to happen. It'd be nice to have um 25% on your core curriculum. That's not going to happen in our building. 50, 50 to 60% of our time is going to be responsive services where you putting out fires off the roof. Yeah, it'd be cool if you get a uh, core curriculum in here, there, you know, get a small group. But that's the needs of the building. Everybody on this, every building is going to be different. Every demographic is going to be different. And that's part of being professional to develop, just being able to embrace the change, which goes back to what I talked about in the first segment. Another way to become professionally developed is to get a mentor if you're in your first or second year as a, as a new counselor to go along with being a member of your state conference state association excuse me get a, get a mentor at your um, district supervisor say hey can we start a mentoring program we started back up this year and of course my mentee is Mr. Armstrong this year he's at Rutland Middle School and I check on him every couple weeks I drop him some some core curriculum some some things that he can use so that way he, he doesn't have to create it he can use it. I don't mind sharing um, sharing my stuff it's not a big deal because that's that's part of being a collaborative. I, sh- I shouldn't, unless it's something I don't want to create, and I'm going to teach to pay teachers, so that way it's something that's already there. But if I want to put my spin on it and keep using it and then share it without um, having a, a peer pay for it, that's all for the better because that's 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 what we are. We are co- we're a collective, and there's nothing wrong with sharing what we have because our, our end goal is for the students. Our end goal is to have a comprehensive program. Our end goal is to be the best counsel we could be for our students, parents, faculty, staff, administration, and stakeholders. One more tip as far as being professionally developed is to apply to present at your state conference or national conference. As I stated, I presented at GSAA last year for data technology this year. I presented um, GADOE ended the winning for new counselors. Um, 
I'm also applied to present at ASCA this year. I'm not going to tell you my topic until I find out if I've been accepted or not. But being able to, to apply to present will build that confidence. And once if you do are if you are accepted to present, embrace that challenge. Because you're gonna get a bigger audience, not just your people in your district. Well you're gonna get a bigger audience with councils all over the nation and possibly the world if they come participate in ASCA. And the the one thing I took away from presenting this week from a um from a previous count from from a counselor a couple of counselors in there saying, wow, you need to come to our district and, and do some professional development with us on this. And I was taken aback. I'm like, you serious? You you really want me to come and present your district? Your, your counselors on this right here? I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool for me to do that. Don't know why my Siri went off my iPad, but I just look at a recap. Let's look at the recap. I'm looking at it now. Being active in your district, getting a mentor, being part of your state association, and just apply to present. Those are the things I did to become more professionally developed. And I still want to get professionally developed. I always want to find something that I didn't know or I wasn't aware of, or something I want to improve on to become a better counselor. Those things might work for you, but you got to find what works for you. Because remember, there are two things in being a counselor. We're doing it for the kids, and we're doing it for our profession. I want to thank you for taking the time out to Download my podcast. Remember, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. And I'm out.